squishied it. Hello, squishies. Hello, squishies. Welcome to the Squishcast. I am Unviv. And I am Andrew. Boo! Oh! <laughs> I scared you. That was very scary. Oh, I'm sorry. But I need to prepare you for all the spooky shenanigans this week. Thank you. I am now prepared for all the spooky shenanigans this week. We've got zombies. Zombies are scary. We've got blood. Ooh, that's very scary. And we've got terrible films. Oh, no, no, no. That's too scary. I don't want to. Don't make me do it. Don't make me go into the terrible films. It's too late, Viv. There's no saving us now. We've gone too far. Okay, well, let me grab Wingus and Dingus for safety. Okay, I'm ready. Hello, Viv. Hello, Andrew. I am very excited to find out what you've been playing. Me, you know what? I'm I'm really excited to tell you because I feel like it's been a long time since I've had proper time to play, and I've played something that you recommended uh-huh. using my uh, a new slash old but very pretty backwards compatible PS3, uh, and I played some the puppeteer. I know. I just, you know, when you hear a game is good, but then you actually play it <laughs> and you get all the enjoyment. I had so much fun. Um, so, Puppeteer is a side scrolling platformer where uh, the player controls Kutaro, uh, which is a puppet, uh, which I think is a boy in- changed into an animated puppet. And um, right at the beginning, uh, this is no spoilers. But he loses his head. The puppet loses his head. So throughout the game, uh, you can get different heads uh, that you play with. And they are your lives uh, in a way. But they are also ways to interact with the environment. Um, And you also have a friend, which I think at the beginning is called Ying Yang. Yes, the cat. Yeah, the cat. And then later on, uh, you have uh, Picarina. And uh, obviously, I played as a single player, so I controlled both characters uh one p- controls Kotaro the other one controls Picarina and Picarina kind of interacts with the environment and gives me um moon sparkles uh which is the kind of I guess their bunny version it gives you extra lives and uh the other stick controls Kotaro in the environment um and with lots and lots of puzzles they are incredible puzzles um the whole thing is set um is presented as a puppet show in front of an audience so the whole thing is i mean really cute i really enjoy how they've uh they've left audience sounds in and everything it's not just a puppet show and there is a narrator who i just absolutely love <laughs> who is you know quite quite just at the beginning really starts off as just telling the story and then at some point um starts interacting with the characters the puppets on stage which I really enjoy. So, uh, and they make really funny jokes about breaking the fourth wall, and um, just like things that happen to the story that the characters start complaining about. And I, I, I really just enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, I would have enjoyed it if he was just telling the story, but then it was really surprised me when he all of a sudden took a different tone. It was less less of a narrator, more of a like person that was actually just standing over the stage, to me in my head, uh, kind of making something funny out of it. Um, but yeah, so that's th- I mean, basically the game. You go through and you are essentially trying to uh, you try to collect the broken pieces of a moonstone, 
and you're trying to put it back together to save the world and i'm um, really the game that is is that uh, lots and lots of puzzles uh, lots and lots of platforming but really enjoyable platforming you as you go through the game you get also different powers get you can like body slam things and you can pull things and uh, you you know walk around with these magic giant scissors where you can cut through the environment and i, I just feel like uh i mean games now are not that detailed i feel um i just i just it was just such a really great variety of uh, ways of getting through the environment and engaging me in the story like not once did I feel bored um, at all I think there's like maybe like uh, six or seven acts or so, I can't remember and uh, uh, within those acts there's three curtains so there's quite a lot to play but not once was I like oh I have to go back I was just really enjoying and actually it worked really well with how kind of I, I've had to work because I can only really jump in for like an hour or two at a time and the game is really suited to that because uh, you can play it in curtains. And yeah, I mean, what else to say, Andrew? You've played this. Um, it was just really, really great fun. I also feel, I don't know how you feel about this, Andrew, that um, kids could play this game. Mm -hmm. But they have made the game in such a way that... In, within the script, within the story, there are things that kids may not pick up but if they're of a young age... But adults will, not in an adulty kind of way. So I feel like there's, it's suitable for both adults and kids. But it's not like I don't feel like I'm playing a kids game, and the kids won't feel like they're playing an adults game. I feel like they've done a really good job at just making a really, really great game with great storytelling and great puzzles that both can play. Loved it. Yeah. yeah. I want to play it again. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I got it on PS Plus quite early on my uh, PlayStation days and played it and um then i bought a physical copy of it for our friend devon when she had a playstation 3 because i wanted her to play it and then when she went playstation 3 to 5 i think i think she missed the 4 or did she get a ps4 uh no i'm sure she had a 4 okay so she went th <laughs> within a space of a year went 3 4 5 um <laughs> but then i got the uh, the physical copy i'd bought for her once you got rid of the three, I had that one. It's just lovely, and it's uh, it was made by a Japan Studio that uh, Sony recently shut down. Oh no, we miss you, Japan Studio. Yeah, they they just made they made a bunch of really interesting games, and uh, yeah, this one hasn't hasn't ever left the PS3 era, um, and it absolutely cries out for a sequel or a remake or just a, a remaster to, to bring it up yeah. so that people can play it again. It would be. Yeah, this is one game that I'm like, I don't care how many people kick and scream, it needs a remake. Because it's just like, like this is what I was saying, games now are not that good. People try to make games, with uh, puzzly games now, you know, I just, it's so good. It would be like as if it came out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, um, even, in, even in the PS3 kind of quality that it is, I, like other than the actual physical quality of the image, there was nothing that could make me think this couldn't have been made now. Yeah, I don't know if it's on uh, PS Plus Premium as a streaming game. If it is, and you have Premium, and you've never played Puppeteer, give it a go. If you have a PS3 and you can track down a physical copy, do that. It's probably still in the PS3 store as long as that remains open. Absolutely, I did. Just... I did have a Google because I, I was like, oh, maybe I want a physical copy of it because you know how how yep. I now just want physical copies of things because I don't like the idea of things disappearing that I really yep. like. And yep. um, there is. 
a copy, which I've currently got in my basket from CEX, but it uh-huh. is quite expensive. It is £35. <gasps> but stood, talk about standing the test of time. There are games now that start off as like 70 quid, and then within a few weeks, they're like 10 quid in the CEX. This game is still £35. Uh, I have a feeling there's also not a lot of them, so if you want a physical copy, I would get on it quite quickly. I think it only cost £4 when I bought it for Devon. Uh, it, mu- it must be. It must be. Must be getting pretty rare now. Yeah. But get on that if you have the opportunity. Play it, play it, play it. Really, really highly recommend it. It's absolutely one of my, I would say, my top 10 games at this point. Really, Ooh. really good. I know. Yeah, really, really good. Oh, I'm um, so happy. Yeah, it's it's like up there with uh, with the same amount of fun that I had when we both played It Takes Two. Okay. Yeah, really, just like really, really great. So play it, play it, play it if you can. Um, and, uh, and if you do, please let us know. Uh, how you found it we'd love yes. to hear about it what about you Andrew what have you been playing much like you I haven't had a I haven't had a lot of time to play recently I've been quite busy and what I have started is quite long games so I don't even know if I'm going to have time to talk about them on the next on the next episode because I don't think I've finished anything but I did play Stray yeah you did uh, and I enjoyed the heckings out of it and I can't talk about it and we won't talk about it now because uh, Viv hasn't played it um because she has the patience of the saint and will wait till her physical copy came out. Or as I went, the hex with this, uh, upgraded to PS Plus Extra, so I could play it on that while I waited for my physical copy to come out. <laughs> um, uh, so what I will talk about instead is a game that I recently played called Raji and Ancient Epic. Ooh, um, oh yeah. Which I, I've posted a bit about on, on our socials and in the Discord um uh indian made game uh, that is based around uh, hindu mythology you play as raji uh, and she is a street performer and her brother golu gets uh, kidnapped and then it sort of goes into the worlds of the mythology uh, so it's not the real world and the game is narrated by durga and vishnu and they are watching raji as she goes through her adventure and uh Durga is very positive and f- feels very much that Raji's going to succeed in this. And Vishnu is a bit more cautious and a bit worried uh, and worried that she's not up for the task. And you go through all these uh, environments, battling enemies. It's uh, kind of a hack and slash kind of combat. And as you go through, you unlock new weapons so you can sort of pick the style that works for you, which is kind of cool. It's beautiful as heck. It's really beautiful. For a a small indie studio, they've done a really good job. Their boss battles are are hard. I will warn if anyone plays it, the final boss is crazy difficult. Our friend uh, Pippa from She's Not Controlling recently played the game after we'd been talking about it, and uh, she was texting me the entire way through the final boss battle. Uh, She was having a... a, For mental support. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Just, you know texting someone that's been through it so that uh, so you're like no you can you can do this there was there's a couple of things uh, when i played it on its ps5 launch day there was a weird glitch with the cutscenes which were all presented as shadow puppets and they're beautiful but the video was running at half speed and the te- oh, the no. and the dialogue was running normally so um, the video would stop as soon as the audio had done its bit which meant that i was 
not seeing the entirety of cutscenes. Uh, no. So there was often reference to things that I wasn't seeing, which was quite, it was a bit disappointing. I sort of watched some of them on, uh, on YouTube to make sure that uh, I was sort of caught up, but it sort of broke up the gameplay a bit. The combat is fine. It's not the most polished. Enemies can knock you out of your combat animations. So if you go for a big area of effect attack, because you're surrounded right. by like four or five things, if one of them hits you, like it'll stop your okay. attack, which is quite difficult. And you can only attack things if you're facing them, which means if you've got like right. five, five things chasing you and you're trying to keep your distance, you have to stop, turn around, attack, and then try to keep running again. There's no plat for it, Viv, so just go, go and bear in that. Uh, I did attempt to go back to 100% it because the only things I missed were some of the collectibles and you can um, tap to select and uh, after you finish the game you've got the strongest weapon which basically just one, one shot kills anything in the earlier levels so I was going back to find the collectibles and I found them all in the one of the two levels that I didn't find them all in and I found them all and then the trophy didn't pop oh that's so and heartbreaking I, and I, because the game now registers that I have them, I can't go and find them again to try You'd and... You'd have to play the game again. I'd have to play the entire game again. And I thought it was just me, but um, Pippa actually said that she had the same thing. Uh, although she hasn't found them all, has got the achievement for finding them all, but now can't... When she went to do it individual levels, uh, the same thing happened in then, then Pop, so she also can't 100% oh, with the next box. So, yeah. they, they need to fix. They need to fix it, don't they? Yeah, but, you know... Um, Sort of tiny studio. Um, I, I we talked about this. I think what happened is that they, when they originally released the game, because this is a slight remastering for current console things. When they did the original one, they did as much as they could with the money that they had. And I think after the sales of the original version, they then put that money into doing this new right, version. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, people will hear this and like the sound of it and want to play it because I th really think you should because it is very beautiful and uh, throughout all the levels there are these uh, big murals and you can go up and stand next to them and it tells you the story of all the uh, of the the mythology of these uh, the the Hindu characters gods and all these sort of things and it's it it tells you that story so if you're interested in learning more about the, these, these stories it's all there in the game and it's really lovely well, that's um, amazing because yeah. Yeah, yeah quite yeah. often when you have um games with like non-white people that you can kind of just it can be easy to just plonk a character with a different skin color in a game and not make reference to any of their culture oh yeah because people are ticking boxes so it's really nice to hear that someone has created a game with an entire culture in mind uh, yeah, and has, I... has reflected that in the game and um even provided a level of education within yeah it. I, I i really appreciated that being shared with me i was like i i've, I've enjoyed learning this so i th like if, if all that sounds great buy the game uh, invest in the game and it, 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 you're investing in in these people in the studio allowing them to potentially fix the game if they need to or, or or make another one and that's i think that's really important yeah or if you're like me and you're a little bit poor right now and you've got a your playstation app just uh, wish list it and someday, yeah. if it's if it's on a little bit of a sale, I don't think it's that expensive anyway. Uh, but if it's on a little bit of a sale, then you can you can grab it. Yeah. Um, so it's on some PlayStation, Xbox. I think it's on PC. Maybe Switch as well. It's out there. And that is what we've been playing. And that's what we've been playing. Viv, a quick thing before we go into the discussion today. Okay. Um, our friend, 
the Vagabond Wind, Lou, uh, posted uh, a link in our Discord to a uh, recent story about the car company Chevy, who uh, had an auction for an NFT. Oh, yeah. So uh, it was uh, an NFT of a Corvette Z06 blasting through a cyberpunk landscape. Uh, it's actually quite a nice picture. Right. Uh, I quite like the style. I mean, I don't care for the car, but it's lime green, which is also a fairly vile colour. Uh, but I actually quite, quite appreciate that the artist. Uh, the artist is Nick Sullo. So it was an auction for this NFT. And if you won the auction, you got a free Corvette Z060 in lime green. As in so, the real car. Yeah, you actually got a real car right, if okay. you if yeah. you won the auction on the on a JPEG of a, a piece of art. Right. So, um, <laughs> um, nobody nobody bid on it. You're no, kidding. No, that's nobody. so funny. Yep, nobody, nobody, nobody bid it at all. Funny though that if it's just the image, there's absolutely nothing like you can really own in that that fucking image or video. You will people will bid for it, but actually, when there's actual maybe a real company behind it with like a real prize, people don't bid on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, could you imagine going in there and just bidding like a quid and then getting a free uh, getting a free car? Yeah. We were chatting about this in the uh, in the Discord, and uh, Playbeat Delete came in saying that even if somebody in the US had, had won that auction, they would have had to have paid tax on the car. Right. So, yeah, so even even your free car with your, your, with your JPEG would have cost you for, for tax. I don't think you can, uh, I don't think you get taxed for prize winning in the UK, as far as I know. So, like, if you win the lottery, you don't get taxed on your prize money, I don't think. Mm. Um, but no, or, not, not, I think not on smaller sums anyway. Yeah. That probably put people off of like, so I'm going to spend on a on a JPEG, and then some sort of mysterious amount of money will also have to be paid for the car. Why not just buy a car? Anyway, thanks, Lou, for the uh, for for that. Um, yeah, thank that you. Post. Thank you. That gave me a chuckle. Right, on with the discretion, Viv. Ndo. So, in honour of Resident Evil launching on Netflix a couple of weeks ago on July the 14th. And being big fans of the game series now. We thought it was a good time to look at some of the adaptations. Indeed we did. Uh, we were going to look at the first adaptation from 2002 and also the recent movie from 2021. And talk a little about the new show that's on Netflix. Uh, each has a different take on the material. Are any of them successful, Viv? Well, shall we get into it then? Let's start with Resident Evil from 2002. 20 years ago! <laughs> Quick thing on this that I think only seems weird in retrospect now that it's 20 years on. So this came out in 2002. That was only six years after the original game came out. Okay. It was two years after... Resident Evil 3, and three years before Resident Evil 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird when you say it like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's actually... Um, they made it so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the same year that... Um, it must have been huge when it came out. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was the same year that uh, Resident Evil 0 came out and the Resident, the original Resident Evil remake. And we were talking about, yeah. this, the, talking about this the other day, that um, people are all up in arms that uh, The Last of Us 
is getting a remake after nine years, and but nobody, 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 nobody yeah, nobody was angry that Resident Evil got a remake after six years. Um, I worked in a cinema when this came out. I was at university. Did you? Yeah, I was at university oh, and wow. I was working in cinema. Uh, and my defining memory is this was the loudest film I had ever heard. You could, <laughs> you could hear this film anywhere in the cinema. Like that if you so if, funny. if you were in the bar, you could still hear this film. That's so funny. Yeah, it was so loud. But also maybe back when uh, cinemas didn't ha- quite have the soundproofing that they have now. No, 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 no. No? This film was loud. Ah, yeah. wow, okay. Because yeah. I mean, it starts off, Um. yeah, I guess it starts off quiet, but it does get pretty loud, I guess. Actually, we talked about this on the on the Doom episode, uh, of uh, just sort of joking about how Doom was ripping off this film. Rewatching this again, I was like, "Fuck me, Doom just absolutely ripped this off." Just just lifted it and put it somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, the basic story is uh, biohazard contamination event in a in a lab. All of the people in the lab die. Special ops team are sent in to find out what happened and restart the lab. That's basically the idea. Basically doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the T-virus. Everyone gets turned into zombies. Weirdly, going into watching the film again, I assumed they were stars, but they're not. They're just some sort of umbrella merc organisation of people. Yeah. They're not actually stars. No. Oh, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I think stars are pop up in the next one, in the second film, with uh, when Jill... Turns up. This is one of the films that I remember watching with no context whatsoever. Okay. Because I mean, I just hadn't. I was young, you know, like when you're young, your parents don't let don't let you watch horrory stuff, which well, I don't think were... this was that bad. You but... would have been nine because it came out in the UK in July. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it in Portugal though. I was already okay. here when I watched it, and it was one of those things that I just watched because it was a film. Fair. I had no context whatsoever. I did not know it was a video game. I found it very bizarre that there was just a naked lady to start the film. Yeah. I remember thinking, ah, oh, that was a film that I sort of enjoyed. Uh, didn't know that I had enjoyed it as much as I did until much later. That I think I was at university and I saw a little box set of Resident Evil 1, 2 and 3, I think is what I had. And I bought it and then I started watching a bit more. But even then, I did not know it was a video game. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of what my relationship with Resident Evil... Like, I don't have the information at hand. From looking at it now, it's a bit weird watching this when it's completely separate to, to the games. Like, there's no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a bit of a hint at it towards the end when you they, they say the word nemesis. So you get a bit of a hint of that. And obviously, Nemi turns up in the, in the second one. They have... A mansion, not the mansion. Yeah. So they've got some of the iconography and umbrellas there and bits and pieces, but none of the characters are game characters. And Yeah, and even later down the series, uh, that maybe some of the characters might turn up, but actually it's not. It's quite non-related to the games. Yeah, I think the two... The versions th- with... Uh, I can never say her name. Mila, Mila Jov... Uh, M- Mila Jovovich. Mi- thank you. Quite a lot of it isn't directly related. What I will say about watching this now and watching it watching this and the 2021 film and the TV series all in the same week <laughs> is I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a, a lot of like this is the one that I enjoyed yeah like yeah yeah compared to the other, like this feels really low budget in as much as like it's all it's all set in the lab like they that you got the you got the bit in the mansion sorry you got the bit in a mansion and then they go into the lab and you've got the train and the lab 
and it's all really contained. It's not a big, expansive yeah. world. It's very contained and very focused. And there's good tension in it. It opens in the lab and people are just doing their work and then you see someone throwing the T-virus and then you see the gas and people are starting to die. And it's really quite creepy and it's very effective because you don't know what's going on, but it's telling you enough that you want to know. Yeah. And it sets a good tone. And you've got the people in the lift and you're kind of like, okay, I'm a bit creeped out, but I want to sort of know a bit more, which I think Doom never quite got there with. No, it um, was a series of, oh, look, something's happened. And then people telling you what you were about to see. I did make a note here. Cause the, the jump scares in the, in the movie are very effective because mm -hmm. it's, it's usually jump scare loud noise. And it's quite... But... It does seem to replace any character building. So nothing, none of those jump scares are actually anything to do with character. It's just somebody looking at something and there's a jump scare and you're like, no. But it t tends not to be built from character. But also, it's over an hour before I think anyone's name is mentioned. And I think JD and Rain are the first characters whose names are said. The defining thing I really got from this one was I, like, I didn't know who the people were. It didn't ruin it not knowing who they were. But at the same time, it's not about those characters. It's not about them as people, which, again, I think is kind of antithetical to what Resident Evil actually is. Because even in the in the original game, when the stars team turn up at the mansion and you play as either of the, the main characters, you can choose you can Chris or Jill, it's about their experience of it and what's happening to them. And you have a lot of ownership because it's a game because you're playing as that character. But actually, when you don't know who these people are, it is slightly harder to care, if that makes sense, about them. Yeah, about that. I mean, I guess in a sense, there's like something about it being a film that you're not interacting with, you're not in, that they can do that uh, if it's done well obviously because um, it's quite a eerie beginning and so you can quite yeah, easily yeah. just feel the tension of everything that's happening and almost be in what i enjoyed is that you're almost like in there with them like you don't know mm. what's going on you could have just woken up with the main character and been like what is going on what is my name you know what why is everyone think quiet what's happening you know whereas in the game you kind of like you just have zombies and thing and locations so if you, you could, there's not as much space to do that so you kind of have to experience all of those things via one, you know, the person, the character that you're playing with. So I feel like they, they didn't do that terribly no. in the film. Uh, I did enjoy kind of being in the mess. Yeah, I don't them. think, it, don't necessarily think it hurts the the movie, but I I did just not get a sense of really who any of these people were or what they were called. No, but yeah, and it, it does. I mean, it does make it harder to care when they die. But I did really enjoy uh, the laser. Oh uh, god, corridor thing. So good. Yeah, it was really good. I feel like in that moment you maybe saw a little bit more of the characters. There was re just a one area like really high tension. I feel like that was more like almost like the f the film's version of the a puzzle. Yeah, uh, but you failed the puzzle and then the Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Except the, you don't get to restart. <laughs> yeah, or 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 you're playing a scene and somebody goes first. And fails it, and you see what the consequence of failing the puzzle is. And you're like, okay, uh, got to be good at this puzzle. Don't want to be diced. It's a, it's a really good scene. That's yeah. a really tense. And the, the, the final bit where it, uh, it's gone from single lines and it just goes into this mesh, and you just see that look at his face. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really good. I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. I feel like they, this film, in did it well in the sense that they didn't try to recreate the game the story because quite often this is where people go wrong 
they didn't try to just recreate the story. They just did their own thing. Yeah. And then they added like like elements like i feel like for me that's like an element that i enjoyed with going yeah that could have been a puzzle in in a in a game yeah they did their own thing but they understood why the thing that they were working from worked yeah the first time we see a zombie i really like this because you see it in reflection so that like in the in the lab there's like reflective walls and or or shadows and stuff Mm. and that's how you first see a zombie and you don't fully see it and, you know, even though it's 20 years and everyone's seen zombie movies and, you know, Romero's done all of his big, wonderful zombie movies, like, it's still really effective of, like, oh, shit, here it comes. And like, so you have that anticipation of it, which is really good. And actually, what I really appreciated, and I think this is um, the, the attention to detail in this film, is at the beginning when, uh, right at the beginning sequence, when their uh, lab is filling with water. Mm-hmm. And you've got one of the scientists and he's got the axe and he uh, tries to smash the window and you just get the little dink of glass that pops out. When you get all the zombies, he's one of the first zombies you you see and he's dragging the axe along. And I'm like, that's a really nice. You set up that thing and done it as kind of a scary gag with the with the glass. And then when the zombies come up, there's that guy again. Mm. And it's a nice set up, set up and payoff and it's a nice attention to detail. Yeah, I feel like this this film, there's two things I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the film that looked the least like the games, but mm-hmm. that understood an essence that I've not seen. I mean, I've not watched the series, I've only watched the, obviously these films and the new one. But I feel like it's the one that's understood a level of the essence of what Resident Evil is. Although yeah. this film doesn't particularly have any like great reviews. But I do feel like it's ha- like if you're a Resident Evil fan, like it, uh, for uh, for me anyway, it has an essence that the others don't have. Where you know in the later one we'll talk about it, it it's like the opposite for me. And the other thing is that um, for a long time, I I think I had watched the film at this point. I never put two and two together until much much later when we watched it together, Andrew. Mm-hmm. That my other like w- like lifelong link to Resident Evil was that there's a very popular song uh, that a producer and songwriter, Timberland, made called Something I Can't Remember Right Now, but that samples the little girl's voice. The get get out. out, get out, you can't be in here, you have to get out. I implore you, please. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> that was sampled and uh, the, the, the voice was changed a little bit. Like, you can still tell it was a little girl, but it was distorted and it was used in, a, in one of his songs which I really like and I've listened to it very often and it's something that gets kind of uh, taken from the song to put in when you go to dance competitions and I listen to the song very often <laughs> and it wasn't until we watched it and I was like, ah! <laughs> it's like, oh my God, yeah. Like I, I remember watching the films and I've watched the film several times. I've clearly listened to the song several times but I just never put two and two together until we watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is Resident Evil. This was meant to be. Well, along the same lines, I read that all of the zombos in the film, are they're all performed by dancers, so they could get all the, the movements and stuff. Nice. And be, yeah, so they're all, they're all dancers that play the zombies. I mean, it makes sense. There's, you know, getting yeah. people that use their bodies for a living to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a real, it's a real, uh, I always enjoy this in films. It's a real art in itself embodying something else as a physical character because i think you can 
I mean, actors quite often do this because obviously they don't just say the lines. They have to be a character for us to believe them. But there's something about someone who doesn't speak in a film but has to embody something that I really enjoy. I really enjoy that. And I really enjoyed it here. But it's one of those things I always talk about with Planet of the Apes as well. People embody the apes physically. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What I what I think works really well in the in the film, as I said, is that it's an enclosed space, and that there feels like there's little to no escape for these characters, and there's a ticking clock because the they set a bomb right at the top of the film, so you've got a ticking clock, so you, like everything has to be done, and every time there's an obstacle, there's a sense of like how is this going to affect yeah. them getting out? There's some really nice sequences in it of action and of horror. I think the film's a bit basic when you compare it to what came after it, both in its own series and the reboot. It seems quite basic, but uh, actually I think it, it works really, really well. It's quite effective. Um, Simple I, sometimes is better. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hate this one. No, me neither. Speaking of hating things, do you want to go on to... Absolutely. Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My first note on this was I honestly never wanted to watch this film again. Yeah, no, me neither. It was, it was quite painful. It's quite painful to watch again, uh, but it was for a good cause. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. So, very briefly, Claire and her brother Chris get caught in a zombie outbreak uh, in the dying Raccoon City. uh, And they must band together. This is what is actually written on the internet. They must band together (laughs) with others to survive and uncover the truth about the experiments held in the city. Technically not wrong. Uh, many things went into this. This city that uh, Raccoon City has actually been taken over. Yeah, that it's that's they, like, Umbrella has sold it or something. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. It, it technically the city belongs somehow in a way like, to Umbrella. Like everything belongs to Umbrella, and they are selling it. They are uh, somehow bypassing every everything government yeah, related. Yeah, no, I to, don't. I, to, to, so, I just yeah, just like in the second like independent country, like no yeah. one, no one cares about it clearly, and they can do whatever they want with it, which is quite a weird setting to have in the first place. I had a thing about Raccoon City, about this film. Yeah, because it, it, it in the opening titles, it it sets up this idea that uh, Umbrella is selling Raccoon City, and everyone's fucked off and it's basically empty. And I was, I is it empty? Because of budgeting. And they were just like, we can't afford to have a lot of people uh-huh. in the city, so fuck it, we'll just empty it. But mm, the text on screen says that everyone's gone except for the poor people. And I'm like, fuck, have they, yeah. have they just done it so poor people can get turned into zombies and it fucking doesn't matter if, if they just go around shooting poor people? Yep. Like, I, ju- it ju- like, I hadn't really thought about it the first time I watched it. I might have just... Uh, had my eyes closed in exasperation when that line came up when we saw it in the cinema. But watching it again, I was like, that's such a... They're so specific that it's poor people that are left yep. in the city. Yep. And so those they... are the people that get turned into zombies and then killed. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you get rich rich white people to come in and kill everyone, basically, is what they say. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, the film just seems very happy about our heroes killing, killing all these people. I'm like, oh. And it doesn't feel like it's a commentary about society. It just feels like it to the writers and to the filmmakers that those people don't matter so it's fine to kill them. Like it's not something that the movie is saying we should feel sorry for the poor people. It's never mentioned again. It's never talked about them then being uh, the poor people that are left behind, blah, 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 blah. It's just a throwaway line and then killing poor people. And I was like, that's 
It's the disclaimer. That's, That's yeah. what that is. It's yeah, a disclaimer kinda. of like, we are not, we're not discriminating. It's just the film. They're just uh, poor people. Where they're just poor people. You know, it's not real life. It's a disclaimer. Yeah. Bastards. Um, yeah. So, so this, this trashy movie is sort of Resident Evil 2, the game. Sort of. Very, very loosely based, yes. Very loosely. They... I mean, it's not, it's not the characters. No. They... Or do, should we, or do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about how fucking Leon, shit Leon is? Leon. Oh, oh it made me so sad. Oh, I didn't... Oh. You know, aside from anything else, which is enough to not make me want to watch it anyway, Leon's character alone is, a, like, a, a good enough reason for me to never watch that film again. Made me so upset. This movie fucking hates Leon. It like, really it, does. Every opportunity to just be like, hey, you piece of shit, fuck off. You can't do this. You're yeah. useless. You're rubbish. Nobody likes you. I'm like, here's some you, bullying. If you play Resident Evil 2, either the original or the remake that this is taking most of its work from, yes, he's he's there on his first day. He just steps up and he takes command. And yes, uh, like there are moments, in, certainly in the remake, where he's scared and he's a bit apprehensive and he's like, what the fuck is going on? But he's so capable and so likable and so there. And, and, and everyone, then... and actually, even though in in the remake, you don't see the people that were there to welcome him yeah. into his first day. He actually arrives and everyone is already gone. But you can see there was a really lovely banner for him. There was a welcome to your first day. There yeah. was just like, it was going to be a nice thing. People were looking forward to seeing him and walking him, welcoming him into yeah. the team. It wasn't like how it was in the film. Why does yeah. everyone hate Leon? Yeah. And when, when you meet Marvin... In the, in the game, sorry, Marvin. Um, yeah, I love you, Marvin. <laughs> um, like the, the, their relationship is really in, important in the yeah in the game. The scene to me that really sums it up is when uh, the police chief is like, "Right, everyone into the into the meeting room. We need to have a meeting about everything going to shit." And so Leon comes in, and the police chief says, "What the fuck are you doing here? Fuck off and sit. What if what if a, a, an old lady walks in? Go and sit on the front desk." Like wow, this film yeah. hates Leon. Yeah, yeah, but also, why have they made all the police horrible? Yeah. Oh god, all of them. Like, even uh, even Jill's borderline a bit of a dick. Yeah, she is. Like, where, like the the first the first time you meet her, she's um, joking that she's willing to shoot Leon while he's asleep in the cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the first thing you see Leon doing when he when he wakes up is having a beer. Like he wakes up on his first day, yeah, and like cr yeah. crawls crawls out of his blanket and starts drinking beer. I'm like, that's not my Leon. No, he was responsible and brave. Yeah, and you killed the character. What are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, but also, this film they just could not resist. I and I say this, and because me and Andrew, we went to watch it in the cinema, and we actually exasperated out loud in the cinema. <laughs> that they made a Jill sandwich joke. <laughs> and I don't think there was a lot of proper, not proper, but like hardcore Resident Evil fans in the book because we were the only two that were like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think the thing is, they didn't deserve it. They didn't do anything no. within that film that made you like the, the film enough to go, oh, that's cute. By that point, you're like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> just, just so tired of this this movie's bullshit you're like fuck off film you don't deserve to say the words jewel sandwich uh, one of the other things i found a bit weird in the film like i know that uh chris and claire lost their parents when they were young i still find the orphanage stuff a bit weird right i, f I feel like it happened a lot later and there's a bit of an age discrepancy and i think chris 
raised Claire, although that time's not really covered very much in the game. But what they needed to do is have Birkin in the movie, because Birkin, by the end, goes into zombie uh, many eyes Birkin from the game. They, they, yeah. they recreate that image very well. Yeah, they do, yeah. But you can't, they can't in the film just introduce Birkin in the lab at the end. Uh, or wherever it... Yeah, it is happening in the lab yeah. uh, off the mansion. You can't just introduce him then because then you're like, well, who's this guy? Oh, no, he's a monster. I don't care. So they had to crowbar Birkin into the rest of the movie. But then you can't just put him in and have all these scenes that are, are just there. So then they had to crowbar Chris and Claire into Birkin's crowbarring into the early part of the movie. And I just don't like mm. the Chris and Claire being in the orphanage thing. Yeah, it, it's kind of like Resi 2, that they've, but it's a mix of, mix of 1 and 2, isn't it? Because... They go from the police station to the mansion. Yeah. And it's it's a bit of a weird... Before I say what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. the only thing that I thought this game, this film did good at was recreating some of the scenery. Oh, yeah. And I really enjoyed... There was a lot of detail, in, down to the lamps, that are very much like things that, you know, we spent, especially in Resi 2, we spent a lot of time going back and forth, and those lamps are very prominent. So I really enjoyed, like, the scenery, how they recreated Birkin. So, like, individual, like, if you showed me screenshots of the film without me having to watch it, I would have gone, oh, my God, they did that so well. I'm looking forward to seeing this film because look at Birkin, because look at the environment. You know, everything was really well recreated. Mm. I mean, the, the, the RPD, yeah. the RPD looks amazing. It looks incredible. Why, really, couldn't we really see, good. why couldn't we see any of that? Why yeah. can't they just do a whole sequence where you're running around in this weird exactly. museum police station? Exactly. <laughs> Be, you know, and, and they did, you know, they did really well recreating that. However, actually watching it was really upsetting because it was like also, you know, you were never in the locations for long enough no. to enjoy them. And then also it was just really boring speech. There's barely mm. any action in the film. Not yeah. like not any exciting. Like, I mean, the only exciting thing that Leon does, I think, is fire, he fires like a rocket launcher at one point. And you're like, yeah, maybe he's coming. Oh, no. Like, you just made him dumb again. And you just you just you don't you don't get to see you don't get to experience it. They they don't have the essence. They just yeah. had some characters, didn't really care who they were. They just were there. And they, like you said, crowbarred things in. And it's really upsetting because I feel like the level of attention to the essence that the first the 2002 Resident Evil had mixed with uh, the environment of this one could have been something really good. Yeah, I mean, the um, yeah, as you say, they, they've got the Spencer Mansion, so you see all that. They've got Lisa Trevor in this from the, from the games as well, and she looks fantastic, kind of underused. I don't necessarily think the game gives you any idea of actually who she is and what her yeah. backstory is, yeah. but she's in there. But I would, like, I would say, comparative to the, to the last film, I think one of the ways this film fails is that all of the inciting incidents, so like all the zombies coming around, how that happened, like all of it happens off screen. Like I, yeah. I mean, I only watched this last week and even now I can't remember why there are zombies. Was there a reason why there were zombies? Um, no. Was it in the water? <laughs> oh, uh, may- maybe. Was yes, it, was may- it not in the water? Because the, yes, the poor people were still there drinking the water or whatever. That's, that's right, because uh, Claire, Claire was in a chat room and um, Chris was like, what the fuck's a chat room? Um, and, <laughs> but what I, actually, what I really liked... What, <laughs> what I really liked... I mean, the, 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 the movie's set in 1998, so it's set when the, the, the game's set, and that's fine. What I found quite funny about that is obviously Claire's in a chat room talking to these people about this. But because chat rooms aren't particularly cinematic, they had to <laughs> they had to get the the conspiracy guy that she was chatting to in a chat room 
and he had to send her a VHS recording of himself telling her all the exposition. I'm like, I wow. don't remember hearing any stories in the in the 90s or like late 2000s where people in chat rooms were like, okay, I know we're all anonymous chatting, but let me just send you all a VHS of myself. Yeah. And it was just, I just. And again, I, that for me was a really wasted moment because uh, why could you not do something interesting with the VHS? Like this is something that appears in the game. In I mean later games yeah. uh, as well, like where you find a VHS and you have to then go find a, somewhere to play it, uh, and then you, you obviously that it becomes then a part of the game. But you know, like that's a bit of the story. Why could they not do? And is it something interesting with that? Like why do it? How they did it? Yeah, re <laughs> reveal something in the in the VHS that. Um, pushes the character's plot forward rather than just exposition yeah 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 like the the yeah you're right the bit in um, resident evil 7 where playing the vhs section you learn where the handle is in the living room to open yeah. the secret secret hatch anyway yes you're right um i kind of want to stop talking about this film because i hate it i don't really get what the story of this movie is like i don't a thing happens and then a bunch of people react to it Somehow. react to it and then Wesker is doing his thing but everyone else is just sort of moving through the story like nobody has except for Wesker and his bad thing is nobody else has like a, a something <laughs> some, something that they're trying to do yeah like nobody's trying to rescue anyone or save anyone or has any real emotional connection to anything that's just happening really really bad horror making and, and nothing's particularly happening to them like they all have to go out to the bad thing anyway so i don't really get what the story is and there's no mystery at all there's no point where you don't where it's teasing you about something and you feel tension because you don't know all of the information you always know all of the information all of the time and because everyone is so unlikable it's really hard to care about anything and who are you supposed to care about whose story is this whose viewpoint are we following who is the main character of this film it's a bunch of randos doing stuff and i don't know who i'm supposed to follow into the story because at least with the the last one after shit's happened and uh alice wakes up all naked in the shower from that point on you're following alice's story and she doesn't remember who she is and that's you know a easy shorthand for having to have people explain everything to you but actually as she keeps learning things you're learning the things as she's going through the to the movie and when she remembers and things shop. you learn things yeah yeah and, and it, actually there's jump scares in there i found that there's not really Jump scares are not great, actually. No, I mean, they're quite yeah, cheap. You get the you get the neighbor lady that writes itchy tasty on the on the window, and that's a reference to the first game, and blah blah blah. And then she dives through the window, and it's just a thing that's happening. You know, well, it's not very scary. No. Um, um, I think my final point within characters is they've obviously got Sherry Birkin in this because they had all the Birkins, and she's just fine. About everything, yeah. like her, her, her dad dies, turns into a monster, tries to kill everyone, and then she's like, "Okay, Chris, where are we going, Chris? Oh, Chris? <laughs> my dad, my dad just, my dad died. And he turned into a big monster, and then he turned into a bigger monster, and then Leon made him go explode. <laughs> Can I have a burger? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like she's just, she's just totally fine about everything. And I'm like, I can't, I can't she's be got, emotionally. She's got Lara Croft syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't be emotionally invested in a character that doesn't care about what they're going through, right? Except he has that Lara Croft syndrome. Yeah, just doesn't care. Yeah, or just goes, oh, that was really bad. Right, what's next? What's next? <laughs> Whose lives could I ruin? <laughs> All right, calm down, Lara. <laughs> All right, let's hear this review. All right, are you ready? Yeah. Mm. 
the review is titled "Why." <laughs> okay, well, good, good. And this is uh, this is on uh, IMDb, and it's by someone called Smarmalade. I <laughs> 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 feel like it was important to uh, yeah. to share that. Yeah. And this is what it says: Why this casting? Why this director? Why this story? Why everything in this movie? Unfortunately, as expected, this movie sucks. While the CGI is not bad as it was in the trailer, everything else is. Story is a chopped up blend of the first and second game, but written badly. Casting is almost completely wrong, but even worse, characters are all written and crafted wrong. That's not Leon, that's not Jill Valentine, that's not the Redfields, and that's sure as hell not Wesker. Not to say anything against the actors, ironically enough, as bad as they got casted, most of the actors in this movie are pretty good actors. From Donald Logue to Caius Scodelario, mm, not sure that's said that right, apologies, um, they were just given trash script and story to work with. Zombies look like generic vampires from sci-fi TV shows or whatever. Also, there's some inspired but bizarre camera work at times. Locations are underutilized and most are kind of bland looking. Atmosphere is eaten pretty fast by the movie's runtime, so there's none of that either. I don't get it. It's not an unknown brand or something. Even more, the Resident Evil series is on a high point lately as the video game franchise on an one excellent remake, uh, one good and two fantastic sequels in the past couple of years. Yet the movie is given into the hands of a director slash writer that hadn't made a good movie in his entire career. <laughs> Such a shame and wasted potential. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, speaking of runtime, the film's like an hour 47 or something. Um, I, I texted you after I'd finished it. It took me four hours to watch to it because I, I couldn't sit it, do it in one sitting. <sighs> yeah. I hope to never see this film again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So watch at your own peril, I guess. I'll do fucking anything else. Just go and kick something and break a toe. That's break more fun. Break a toe, yeah. <laughs> You'd probably you break the toe, get over the pain, and heal from the broken toe before you get over the trauma of yeah. watching this film if you're a Resident Evil fan. Uh, I wonder, though, if this is one of those things that people who have no idea what it is might have watched and enjoyed, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, with with all three of these adaptations, like, I don't... We, we're uh, coming with this with the uh, viewpoint of fan. people that, that like the games. Um. So, yes, maybe this would play utterly differently if you didn't know who those characters are supposed to be. You didn't know that those characters are supposed to be better. Yeah. I mean, let us know if you did enjoy. Uh, welcome to the... No, it's not Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to Raccoon City. <laughs> that was Jumanji, wasn't it? Welcome anyway. to Raccoon City, everyone. <laughs> welcome to Raccoon City. Go watch Jumanji instead. Tell me a little bit about uh, the series. The the recent 2002 uh, yeah, Resident yeah. Evil series. Resident Evil 2022. Uh, it takes place in 2022 in the present day and in 2036 in the future. We follow the, and I put this in inverted brackets, story of Albert Wesker's daughters, uh, Billy and Jade, uh, and the central character sort of being Jade uh, in the series. So in 2022, in the present day, uh, they have moved with their father Wesker to New Raccoon City and are starting school. But Jade grows very suspicious of Umbrella, 
and convinces her sister to break into their dad's place of work, where Billy is infected with a new version of the T-Virus, and then it's still boring. And in 2036, an adult Jade is studying the zombies, and they're called Zeros throughout the show. That's, everyone just calls them Zeros. Which bothered me, because I'm like, just say zombie, just don't, why are you afraid of saying zombie? Uh, to see if they show any signs of kind of a hierarchy, like do they follow, can they follow a particular zombie? And then she has to run away from the city and we tediously follow her journey through various encounters until she gets back to her research ship. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's, that's basically oh, wow, this, okay. this, 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 this. My next note just said, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fair. I didn't think like, I cared and I didn't even watch. Like the thing is that uh, actually the, the, all of the cast are very good. And the, um, I, I will retract that statement slightly later. Most of the cast forget the, the two the the two kids uh, Billy and Jade um, as kids uh, I think are very good performers. Their story is utter trash, and I don't care. Like it's ten episodes, I think this season, something like eight or ten, and so the young versions of them are just going through that typical teenage story that you see time again starting in a new school somebody's getting bullied right, hanging out yeah. with the popular kids going to parties cute boy mixed in with some big business conspiracy stuff of like oh what's going on with umbrella oh we should look into umbrella oh umbrella mm, umbrella doing really stupid things like the breaking into the into the place of work and stuff like that and it just, it's just a lot of that. And you're like, okay, but where's my Resident Evil? Like, where's Resident Evil in this? And then you've got the adult version of Jade, who does the stuff in the city with the, with the zombies. And it is just a series of events, like a series of things that just stop her getting to where she's supposed to be, where she's trying to get to. And every time she stops at a new thing, I'm like, I get that this feels a bit like a video game where you're constantly having to stop at places because you've got kidnapped or a cutscene has suddenly made you be kidnapped or whatever. But I'm like, it's not, it's not particularly interesting. And because she keeps stopping at places, you see characters for an episode and then they're gone. So you don't end up not caring about anyone because you're like, oh, okay, these are the, these are this episode's characters that don't mean anything. And that's a real shame because actually just hearing you say that, right? Uh -huh. You know, one of the things that you mentioned really working in the 2002 version was that it was contained. Mm -hmm. I feel like, in a way, kind of all of the games are like that. You are contained in a particular area. Like, even if you move to other areas, you are then contained in that area. Like, I felt, I really felt like, you know, Resident Evil 7, um, Biohazard, you were contained in that house. Yeah. And it, the terror of encountering the family that yeah. lives in there, the, like, and you were just in there. You were like, oh, I just... It was so good, and you don't like you don't need to be traveling across the world and losing characters in an episode because like what works is the terror, because the zombies exist. We know this about Resident Evil, so what's your take on it? Yeah, like what's different about it? Like what what's really great about the games, and they've they've always found a way to have a new take on it. It is always a similar thing, but like you being in the house with the family, that was, it was terror all the time. Resident Evil 3 Remake. I mean, I say the remake because I've only played that one. With Nemi, terror. Mm. Mr. X, terror. Like, you always have something to hold on to. Village, you had multiple bosses, but whenever you were in their areas, there was like a different terror for every area. So, at the very least, if you're going to move through places, like, what's the terror? Like, what's different about that area 
for you because otherwise it's the same thing over and over again you, there's nothing for you to hold on to so of course you're going to create this uh oh oh there's a the new school type situation and the boys and because that's really all you have yeah around zombies because it's not new so the, you know there's the, no take on it there are no zombies in the present day school stuff okay you, uh she um billy gets uh bitten by uh, a dog they do the zombie dog thing again basically uh, umbrella in the show are trying to take the t-virus and create a drug called joy which because you're not an idiot you can immediately un get exactly what this lazy writing is trying to do it's a drug that makes you happy all the time and takes away your anxieties and all that sort of stuff so it's doing the big pharma company are bad because they're making bioweapons and stuff it's that story but they're not a, they're not in a position where they can make joy work properly so they've been doing uh, animal trials and it keeps turning animals into zombies. And then you have the head of the company is Evelyn Marcus, who is the daughter of uh, the video game villain character, James Marcus, who is mm -hmm. um, Umbrella. And she just doesn't care. She's like, just get it done. Get, get T-Virus Joy, get it out to mass market. I don't care. I just want money. Because she's so over the top in it as well, it's not, it's not threatening and it's not insidious it just seems callous and careless and idiotic and again it's that thing of like how is there no consequences to a big pharmaceutical company yeah. just putting out a like there's no there's no resistance ever for them and i feel like some of if, if they gave us some resistance like they were trying to put this out but obviously they can't and they do like i don't know i feel like that would have been something a bit more interesting to watch but there's just like especially in the the latest film and the series, it's just, there's no resistance. They could just own a city and mm. sell a city and bomb a city and s just put out drugs and it's all fine. Like, no, it's never questioned. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about uh, the previous ones being scary uh, or mm, so, yeah. sort of... Did a better job at doing yeah. the horror bit. So the zombies in this are not scary at all at any point. You don't see very many. There's very little Resident Evil in this Resident Evil show. Um, have you seen the movie Twenty Eight Days Later? I have, yeah. So you know, you know that they, unlike a lot of zombie stuff that got shambling zombies, they went for the fast running ones. Yeah. So they they do that in in this show. They got the fast running okay. ones, but the zombies in Twenty Eight Days Later are scary. Because the setup for it was very much being quiet, being cautious, trying to not attract the zombies. And then when they do, it felt very scary. And yeah, there was a lot of Because it all happened very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no atmosphere in this. So whenever there are zombies, it's not been built up to for the zombies to be a emotional reward to you, either through terror or joy of like, yes, the zombies are here, or oh my God, the zombies are here. Like you get neither of those, just like, oh yeah, some zombies are here now. And because there's no tension that's built, there's no point in the show where you're like holding your breath, worried that they're gonna come. Completely different genre example. In Lord of the Rings, when they're in the Mines of Moria, and I think it's Pippin knocks the skeleton down the well, and you know they've been quiet, and then you start hearing noises, and you're like, oh shit, stuff's mm -hmm. coming. There's a lot of tension there, and you as an audience person are like, what the fuck? And you're like, okay, stuff's going to kick off. You get none of that in the show. That's such a shame. It's really sad. It's really, you know, people want to be taken on the ride. Like, otherwise, why would you watch a horror thing? Like, you want to go on the ride. You want to feel the yeah. tension. You want, like, you, you, it's one of those weird things. You don't really want to be scared, but you want to be scared. 
I want you to give me the jump scare of my life just so I can I can feel a portion of what might have happened if this was real. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's, there's, like that is part of the storytelling. You can't just say things and expect people to infer meaning. Like it, it, there's so much that goes into, as as you know, we know having so many people who are you know ex- work in and around these spaces, making all of these things happen in various ways. It's not just about just doing whatever. Like it doesn't work, and especially not for a series like Resident Evil. It's just when will you do it right? Yeah. So I I do want to say some positives. Okay. So the the series is seemingly set within the timeline of at least the original game. So there are hints and allusions throughout it to the original Raccoon City 1998 instance, and they do in the present day teenage thing they do. Uh, uncover information about the original Raccoon City having been uh, bombed and destroyed uh, as it is in the game. So that's, that exists. And the absolute MVP of the show is Lance Reddick as Wesker. Yeah. It's just, he is phenomenal. And there's, there's really not enough of him or the original Resident Evil in it. There's a scene early in, I think it's this, first episode where one of his daughters I feel like it was probably Billy because she was quite scrappy uh, is in the principal's office having punched someone or accused of punching someone it might have been Jade that did it and the father of the other kid is is there like demanding her expulsion from school and blah 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 and then Lance Reddick walks into the room and the atmosphere changes just by his presence like he commands such presence oh, and he never raises his voice during the scene and like every time he threatens the other man like he says something along like he uh the other guys uh, like everyone works for umbrella in this in, in new raccoon city and wesker's quite high up in the in the company and the guy's already quite scared of him and i think lance reddick's line is something like like i would make it so that not even pornhub would hire you something along those lines like he, <laughs> but, but he's he delivers it in such a way that even you watching it's like fuck, yeah. Like he is yeah. incredible. And there are there are a couple of moments in the show, and I think there might be an episode four where they actually do a bit of Resident Evil in the show, and they uh, recreate the Lisa Trevor moment. So you have Wesker as Wesker from 1998, black coat, glasses, looking fucking phenomenal. And they've got Lisa Trevor there, and it's all kind of like I think it's Billy and Jade are watching it on a VHS that they found of this incident. And though, like the moment, any moment they do Resident Evil in the show, like it's it's good, and I, it's like it, it's done well. But the ninety eight percent of the show isn't about Resident Evil, and there's nothing Resident Evil about it. It's just oh, that's even more upsetting. It's really yeah. Because if you know, if you can see that they can do it, and they haven't, oh. Like there's a there's a sequence of liquor. So the uh, one thing I didn't mention in the the adult Jade thing is that very early on, Umbrella come looking for her, and they they basically are chasing her through the rest of the one one guy and a small team are basically chasing her through the rest of the the episodes to get to get her to take her to Umbrella. So there's a sequence in a tunnel when they're trying to get to France. So they're driving through the Channel Tunnel, and it's a liquor sequence. So the convoy ends up 
stopping and then they get attacked attacked by lickers and they it's the lickers from the from the from the games and they look really good and they're mm-hmm. scary and they're in the dark and they're creeping around and stuff oh speaking of speaking of channel tunnel I'm going to france uh, so the show was um shot in south africa i think and there's a bit where um adult jade uh, arrives on the coast of france and i'm like that is the most fucking South African-looking <laughs> coast of France I've ever seen. Like, they, they haven't even tried with this. It is ridiculous. Oh, funny. So, I guess my almost final thought, other than the fact that this show needed some Resident Evil, and that the showrunner has been talking about how he'd like to get Lady Dimitrescu into the thing, and I'm like, you do not fucking deserve Lady Dimitrescu in your show fucking dare. like the, the show feels like netflix slashed the budget at the last minute like i feel like they spent all of their money on sets and design and stuff and then they were like right let's start filming and and, and netflix went we're just gonna slash your budget in half because everything looks really rushed right everything looks like it was done in one take to me oh wow okay. yeah it's just it, it it does feel one another one of those cheap netflix shows it's been Netflixed. Yeah, a little bit. And I've I have one more thing, and I think I think you'll enjoy this. So Wesker, black father, two daughters, Jade, uh, black daughter, and Billy is a Latinx uh, yep. daughter. They talk to Wesker at some point in the show about their mothers and how that all came about. That is part of the story. If you do watch it, though, you probably have questions about Wesker and and his daughters and stuff, knowing the character and stuff from the games. Like, I don't want to talk too much about that because that is a thing that i actually quite enjoyed in in the show but and you'll like this adult versions Mm -hmm. jade played by a black lady and billy is now played by an east asian lady oh good oh good yep so yeah gone from latinx to east asian as she grew up oh people are shit it's just I guess there's this argument of like just get the best person for a, for a role. But you can't misrepresent I, an entire culture. I I do feel like just changing someone's ethnicity is ridiculous. Is is it? Yeah. This is again that thing of like of just plonking someone from any other ethnicity in a yeah in an environment like, like you like don't it actually yeah. yeah like like it matters like you're ticking a box and it didn't yeah. matter what that box was because you didn't also care about changing the ethnicity. It's ridiculous. There's this why it's so dangerous to just box tick because you're not considering what being from that culture entails as that person being in that particular role like there's been no consideration clearly because otherwise the character development from that character being a latinx to then to growing up would have been very differently it would have been impossible yeah. for them to cast like, a, an east asian person. i i'll be on, i'll be honest i like i don't i don't know the full ethnicity of either of these actresses so maybe the the actress who plays young billy has east asian heritage in her family i don't know but i'm just going on like physical appearance of like she and what you've been I, given by I, the show I, the actress that plays young billy might have east asian her, uh, heritage lineage she yeah, may right. have that but they look so different as yeah as, and that's an as, issue yeah because yeah. it's not like influencers you've actually just changed the ethnicity so yeah like the other two shows maybe people that don't know resident evil will go into this going oh this is a really compelling story about two sisters I went in going, I really want to see some Resident Evil, and there wasn't enough Resident Evil in my Resident Evil 10-hour TV show. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you'd really like Resident Evil, the TV series Resident Evil. I'll let you know. Highly unlikely, but I'll let you know. 
And again, if you have watched these films and the series and uh, you have any other thoughts, please uh, do join us on our Discord and uh, keep chatting to us about it. Andrew. Yes? We did a thing recently that uh, that was really cool. We had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. Fun times. I mean, your bank your bank account had less less fun than mine. Did. It was very very light by the time I left. But I'm <laughs> so even now I'm so happy that I, I think I would have been so sad if I had kept the money. Yeah. Um. Uh, we went to a games market in London. Yeah, we did. London's game games London market games. Market. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we yeah. did go to the London games market. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we um yeah we went with our our, our friends Abby and and Lap and Lucy. Indeed, we, yeah. And we, we wandered around and, yeah, just stalls and stalls of, of games. And things and figurines and, yeah. like, mugs or merch uh, that's all game-related. There was some really cool, like, um, consoles as well. Mm. Um, Andrew did not buy a console. I refute that claim and tell everyone proudly that I bought a PS1. Yeah, you bloody an, did. An original big fat chunky ps1 that i have no way of connecting to my stu- <laughs> stupid tv that has four hdmi ports only yeah um, and refuses to accept the uh, basic pixel ratio of uh, 240p Just but looks it does goes, mean oh. it does mean yeah. that you now own every every console I, right yeah i think i have yeah every every playstation one two three four five a psp and a vita and and uh, the and VR. I think I've got all the PlayStation. Yeah, you do, which is amazing. You are like a full-on uh, collector now. <laughs> yeah. When did when did that happen? I, I blame you. I, blame I, you. I do like to collect things, so I, don't, yeah. I will take responsibility for that. Yeah. And I bought uh, some. I mean, steel books with some extra bits of all of the Gears of War. Yeah, you did. I, I mean, yeah, I'm so happy about that. And yeah, and you yeah, didn't take. There wasn't much encouragement to send you back to that store, was there? No, I walked past, I looked at it, I drooled, I was sad that I was like, oh, I just, I don't know, I'm going to walk around and do other things. And I I did buy some other games, I bought Portal and um, something else I can't remember. You got the Orange Box and Portal, you got... Orange um, Box and Portal, yeah. So, Orange Box and Portal too, so you could play both Portal games, which I cannot wait to talk about. And uh, I bought a friends game, and oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. You bought yeah. the DV- DVD friends trivia game. Yeah, I did, I which I have, which that. I have played by myself. You can play with friends, but I oh. have played it by myself, and I really bloody enjoyed it. Oh, I'm um, so happy. Yeah, really bloody enjoyed it. It really just, I, I like watching friends. It's my dumb TV thing, so I always, I quite often watch it. Uh, if I don't want to think about what I'm doing, so I just I just like testing how much of it I've actually watched, <laughs> how much information <laughs> how do I know about. How did how did you get on? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, really good, like really good, like there's some I like in like immediately starting in the ninety percent. Nice. Uh, just like yeah, uh, you have to like watch clips and do the next line or like if there's a quote you need to remember who said it. Pretty pretty bloody good. That's how well much I've watched it. Yeah, thank you. And I also bought Total Overdose. Uh, which is a game that I keep talking about to you. That I just I just remember playing this game and having lots of fun, and I've not seen it since. And I found it and I bought it. I have already forgotten what that game is. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's one of those things, like I I very remember it's like this uh, character's like Mexican and essentially a shooting game uh, that I I had. It's one of the few shooting games I had when I was younger. So I'm very uh, intrigued uh, to play it again. 
And so that was like, I did that, I walked around and I eventually went back to the table and I bought all three, all three copies of Gears of War, one, two and three, the sexy uh, steelbook editions. I'm so happy some of them have treats inside, uh, which I will, uh, I will post on socials. Yes, it was a very successful outing to the games market. Uh, if you'd like to see what we bought, we actually have posted all of the things on our Instagram page. Uh, but it was really, really good. Uh, my only complaint is that, uh, I mean, there's a lot to buy in there. Uh, there is no need to have box boxes and boxes stacked underneath oh, tables. Yeah. That was very difficult because, um, I mean, it's difficult to have to kneel down and have to like sift through things, but then I have to move boxes out of the way when it's so busy. And cut of it was a bit of a hazard. But also, I'm a lady. I don't, I don't particularly want to be on my knees in a room full of guys looking for things <laughs> that's my only complaint about the games market is that it was very much like i was always just like at waist level uh looking for stuff um but uh you know also just the byproduct of them having so much to sell that they, they just they can't display it all but i had a great time it's lots yeah. of good stuff it was a it was a great time with uh, with lovely friends it was and like the great the <laughs> so mean <laughs> Viv. Yeah, Andrew. I, I I have an exciting video game that I want to share with you. You do indeed. Uh, it is called Forever Ago, and it's only just been announced. It probably won't come out for a while. I'm my guess would be maybe a year, if at a minimum. Yeah. Um, and it's a road trip game. Uh, you play as an old man called Alfred who is traveling across America, sort of reliving moments from his past and and things like that. And it just looks like a beautiful narrative adventure. It, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Lake, if you remember me playing that. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, but whereas Lake was, uh, you were confined to one uh, area, one small town, this looks like it's very expansive, very much going across vastly different environments across America. And it just, it looks really cute. It looks it very looks cute. cute. It looks very cute in the trailer. That he, Alfred's also got a camera with him and where he yeah. documents the journey. So um, the devs talking about it, uh, talk about it being very story-driven, which I'm very excited about because we love those. Yeah. Um, and we'll share the trailer on the Discord, but I really enjoyed that, you know, that they're really small when they're talking about, you know, thinking about this in th in their headquarters really being one of the devs' apartments. And I really yeah. love that. I really love that because it's actually reflective of, like, not every game is made by a massive company. And not every yeah. good game is made by a massive company. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. These are the sort of things I really enjoy. Um, yeah, all right. I can't wish this day. I did try. It's not even available. Oh. <laughs> so, um, no. uh, but we will uh, we'll mention it again, I'm sure, in the future and let you yeah. know when it's available. Uh, speaking of such things, we talked about a game uh, a few podcasts ago. Don't remember exactly which one. Called South of the Circle, and ah, that yes. uh, at time of release has just come out uh, for PlayStation and Xbox. Blah 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 blah. I think it was on uh, uh, Apple Arcade prior. Uh, so yes, if you looked into that after we were talking about it, it is now out. You can now play it with your games fingers. Yeah. Actually, don't have fingers, then play it with your games however you play games. Absolutely. Play it how you like and be happy. And uh, lastly from me mm -hmm. is uh, 
uh, if you are a very big fan, uh, which I am, I've not played it in a while and I should really go back to it, but if you are a fan of a two-point hospital, uh-huh. uh, then uh, at time of release, uh, there's maybe like four days, four days time, uh, there is a uh, an additional, um, I'm trying to work out if it's a game or something that you can add to it, but it's called Two Point Campus. No, it's a new game. It's a whole it's a new, new game. game. Well, there's a new game coming out, Two Point Campus, uh, coming out on the 9th of August uh, for Switch, uh, PlayStation and Xbox and also uh, PC. So, um, yeah, if you like it, get 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 it, get the heckings, get it, get it. Thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate it very much. If you would like, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter on at Game with Squishy. And if you'd like to support us, you can make a donation for as little as a price of coffee on our Ko-fi page. And that's ko-fi.com slash the squishy stream. Please also join us on our Discord to chat about the show and for some supplemental information from each episode. Uh, we'll... Uh, Post stuff on there soon. If you would like to check that out, come and join us. And if you'd like to ask us a question for the surprise question, you can do so on our Discord or using the hashtag AskASquishy on Twitter. Seen any weird gaming news? Put a link in the Discord. We'd love to see it. We can talk about it in a future episode. Just like we did with news story today. Indeed. Thank you very much for listening. Go have a wonderful day. Thank you, Squishies. Bye. Squishy did.